Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family, and in every episode, we consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And on most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this special episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Harriet Stein, founder and president of Big Toe in the Water. She works with companies big and small to teach employees and their leadership how to live healthier, more fulfilled life via mindfulness, which results in increased performance and less stress. I first met Harriet when she ran all things work life for more than 40,000 employees at Johnson & Johnson. And even with that big job, she was one of my favorite people among all the working mother best companies. And today she still is. And so I say, welcome, Harriet. Thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. Thank you so much. This is like the most beautiful introduction. Thank you, Jennifer. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You know, because it's real. It really is. I mean, those, you know, what? so, you know, we're going to be talking now. Like, I cannot believe. Are you telling me, tell me about Big Toe in the Water, because I think I know how long you've been doing it, and I can't believe it. Yeah. So tell me. Yeah. So <laughs> I started the company actually 15 years ago. Uh, <gasps> and so I became, uh, I guess, an LLC nine years ago. And for the last three years, I've been doing it full time now. So wow. I, uh, I just love teaching mindfulness, especially to busy workers. And so you're very, very calm and mindful every day now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fortunately, my husband is in another room right now in a meeting, or you would be able to hear him laughing at that uh, (laughs) that comment. Mine too. Mine would be laughing that anyone is that calm. You know, know, that's a whole other topic that we should get into is our new coworkers, because all of our homes have become co-working spaces. So, but that's a whole other thing. So, yeah, believe me, that would be part two. I would love to address. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Our new co-working teams. Mm-hmm. I have teens that are part of my co-working space too, all working together, you know, really collaborative. Not not at all. But <laughs> well, so at the Breadwinners, we usually start with some sort of stat or or trend. And I thought this time we would start with a definition because I we throw around the word mindfulness a lot, but I I'd love to like start just start there. Like what is it? And then, and come into it on the idea of, and how does it impact our work? Yeah, no, that's such a great question. I'm going to, I'm going to even back up one step before oh, and say what it is not. Okay. Okay. So what it is not, we're not like, I don't know about you, but there's no candles anywhere lit around me. <laughs> we're not, if you were looking forward to some chatting or some uh, chanting today, we'll do chatting. Aww. We're not doing chanting, no chanting. Uh, there's no religion involved. You know, uh, we're not, with mindfulness, you're not trying to achieve any special state or anything. And I I get, you know, as a mindfulness person who teaches this practice, I notice that when I hear people think it's related to being happy, I'm like, no, it's not about being happy. It's about being real. So interesting already that, right? Because in my mind, it's I, you know, like it, no matter what I would say to you, like deep in my heart, I think, well, it's about achieving 
happiness. I'm going to achieve it. Okay. So get it. See, I say right now, I don't know, the mic's mic's too expensive to drop, but that's a mic drop (laughs) moment, like right there, right there. Don't you dare drop it, but right there. Because the uh, if literally, if the people listening to your podcast right now realize that all mindfulness is, is paying attention right now to this moment, this one is the only yeah. one that actually exists. It's paying attention on purpose to the present moment with non-judgment, you know, because, you know, this is nothing about being happy. Because if right now I said, you know, one of those teens, right, fell, and now you have to take it to the ER and they have to see whether they broke their ankle, you would right. not be happy. You would not be happy. Right. So, but I'd be in that moment, right? Yes, I you would be would. very mindful of that moment. That's interesting. <laughs> Right, that stress a stressful situation like that will focus you on that moment. It's all the other ones that you don't focus on. <laughs> well, I tell people to notice the story going around in your head. We're walking around, and it's kind of like when people get on these Zoom calls and they're afraid of of how they're going to look. And I'm like, no yes. one's no one's looking at you. They're worried about. They're looking at themselves, and we're judging ourselves, even how we look. And for some reason, I don't know about you, when I went to the store before a global pandemic, <gasps> right? I never really thought, oh my God, I'm walking into Target. What are people going to think of when they see my face? What about my chin? Oh my I don't God, know how that does look. Oh that God. is so true. I like zip through life without thinking about my chin, but I that's all I can look at. I've, I've taken to, you know, doing the speaker view <laughs> and taking me off because, yes, my eyes just float over like, oh, my God, look at my chin. You know? <laughs> You've got a lovely chin. I've seen that chin in person. <laughs> you got a great chin. I don't know what that laptop camera does to my chin, but it's not. I don't like it. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm going to be like Barbara Streisand and like make you, you know, like light me one certain way. So I- <laughs> I'm going to have a Zoom call one day. Where I'm going to ask everybody to take a post-it and put it on the part of their face that they're upset with. And then we can all just know that everybody seems to have some little <laughs> thing and then realize that mindfulness is, is really a practice of compassion first and foremost toward us. Yes. So uh, to just see if we can let all that nonsense go. Well, so, okay. I don't know if you heard, but we're in a pandemic mm, right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, what is, what are you seeing? Like, what are you seeing when, cause I, cause I know I feel, I don't know if I'm feeling more anxious or that I feel the anxiety more, which is in the end, it's the same. I'm just anxious, but I'm wondering what you're seeing with workplaces. Cause I know you're working with a lot of workplaces. Yeah, I definitely am. So here's what the thing is. My friends and colleagues who are HR professionals, the number one challenge that they are addressing right now which they really haven't made number one in the past, is they're dealing with the mental well-being of their employees because people are scared. They're yeah. scared to go to work. They're scared of getting sick. You know, they're mm-hmm. scared trying to figure out how they're going to care for their families. And I really think they're just really becoming exhausted, you know? Well, yes. And there, and I think there's also a, the ne- the next scared is I'm scared to say how scared I am. I, right. I, I that sounds a little silly, but I think like I don't really want to admit how much of this is impacting me. Ah, uh, you know what? Two months ago, in the shower where I do a lot of my writing, sometimes yes, I wrote a blog called uh, "It's Okay to Cry," and then I held on to it for two months and didn't publish it until a couple weeks ago because you know what? 
we've never been in a global pandemic before. Right. And this is really difficult. And what happens is you're going to get up and you're going to have a great day and you might have a wonderful breakfast and you might have a meeting and then you burst into tears. And people, you know, um, March 23rd, the New York Times did this incredible article saying that, you know, that feeling you're going through is grief. And as a planet, we're going through the grief process, right? There's five stages of grief and grieving. Thanks to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Well, we go in and out of them. You know, we go in and out of them. I've been listening, I uh, uh, was listening to uh, uh, her her partner, because she's passed away, right? Mm-hmm. And, and she has a partner who's been kind of thinking about where it goes next, I think, into inspiring you to action, I think, is he's thinking about a sixth stage. And I what I, I enjoyed him talking, like, there were such, I don't know if it's an American thing or just a human thing that we're like, well, I achieved denial. <laughs> I can move on to grief, you know, like. <laughs> Uh, like it, it's like <laughs> that's not the way it happened. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. No, it's true. He he actually went to the family of Elizabeth Kubler Ross and said, "I want to add a sixth stage." And they said, "Okay," which is fascinating, and yeah. having to do with meaning. And I'm like, oh, "Meaning, that's right, meaning." Yes. Because look at all that we are going through. You know how like when you go and vote, they want to put that sticker on you that says, "I voted." Yes, <laughs> I want yes. everybody right now in the world to walk around with a sticker that says, I am resilient. Not like I will be resilient four months from now, but right now you are going through a global pandemic and you're making meals and you're taking care of your work, you know, and you're still dealing with all the other things, whether it's spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends and teenagers and babies and elderly parents and a global pandemic. So I think everybody should really like, you know what I mean? I think you should get the gold star right this very moment. You are resilient and you're doing a heck of one fantastic job. Oh man, breadwinners, we see you. You know, we're all in it and and you are making it happen. We're all making it happen. And not every step is your favorite step to take, but we're still, we keep making those steps every day. Exactly. So- so, so how's business, Breadwinner? Like, mm-hmm. what are you getting called in to do with Big Toe in the Water? Yeah, well, now the companies are finally realizing the importance <laughs> of addressing mental well-being, right? <laughs> because it's affecting their bottom line, which is a fortunate that it took a global pandemic for them to realize that people such as myself can come in and can help. Right. Right. And, you know, technology has now made this easy. I mean, I'm a certified virtual trainer. But I taught teaching live over the internet. I started 20 years ago with a dial-up modem. In case any of those breadwinners remember what a dial-up modem was. (laughs) I do. (laughs) So it was easy for me to transition my personal, you know, personally over to a virtual type of setting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so companies bring me in. I mean, literally, I've been teaching for over 15 years in workplaces. So you know, I know that even an hour is going to make a big difference. You know, yeah. it, it helps the leaders who need the space to think. And it's really for me, I mean, I've been a nurse for 38 years now. It's especially gratifying to me to be able to help all these people, to help working mothers who thought they were doing it all before. And now they're doing more, right? Oh, my goodness. Yes. 
Yes, I had. Yes, right. We it, when they always say like you think you've hit rock bottom, but then you really do. It's a, like we thought we had a lot on our plate, and then we realized there was a whole other ring to the plate that we did. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, it like clipped on, and we can fill that up too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, what kind of so what kind of training do you do? I mean, is it and how much pushback or, or welcoming are you getting from employees when you talk to them? You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Thanks to people like the Harvard Business Review, who are constantly publishing articles about the importance of mindfulness, it mm. is no longer quote unquote woo woo anymore. Not when they're constantly writing about how important it is, you right. know? And you have David Gellis from the Times always interviewing the CEOs who are all using mindfulness, right? So it's it's easy for me to teach this to people because they're always when I when I teach a program. I always teach them both the informal and the formal practice of mindfulness. And to be honest with you, it is all just one practice, right? But, Mm. you know, people a lot of times think of mindfulness as the formal practice, the sitting meditation. So, yes, they're always going to get, they're always going to be able to, you know, they're going to get a little bit of that when when they hire me. So I always teach that. But I always really focus also on the informal practice because you know, we get in the shower in the morning and we might put soap on our hair and then we put conditioner on our hair and then we start thinking about work and then we don't know if we put conditioner on our hair. So then we put more conditioner on our hair and now we have this hair filled of conditioner. We have to start at the beginning again with the soap. And I forgot. I did this this morning <laughs> I, and I, I turned off the water, put my hand on top of my head because I've done it before and my <laughs> head was full of conditioner. And I'm like, Dang. I've actually gotten out, gotten all the way out of the bathroom, bathroom on, walking down and gone, oh my God. Yep. I've left the house with it lately. <laughs> so yeah, tell me what happened. Tell me how to make this not happen again. Right, right. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's easy. I always say it takes seconds to teach somebody mindfulness. The practice comes a thousand more times today because it is a practice, right? So that when you are practicing mindfulness and you're in the shower, I invite your listeners and yourself, of course, to use all your senses. Use your senses. Notice what it feels like, you know, with the water on you. You know, what does the temperature feel like? Notice what this the the scent of the soap is like. You know, and don't, you know, even when you're you're like, you know, washing your body instead of saying, oh, you know, oh my God, another wrinkle or yeah. another this or another that. This is a practice of non-judgment. You know, just noticing what the water feels like on your skin. Even listening to the sound of the water, the more you use your senses, you're out of that thinking, writing email, oh, what am I going to make for lunch mode? And you're you're back into paying attention. <laughs> yes. And so what does it do for you? Like, really, it's um, like I, you know, heart to heart know, like, I know this is important. I yeah. And I know I feel better, you know, and there's just the breathing of more oxygen in my blood. But like, what do we know about? this. Yeah. It decreases your stress. There's over three decades of research now on this practice, something that is so simple that, you know, in the East, they've been practicing this for thousands of years. It is only relatively recently over in maybe the last 50 years and more and more every year that people are talking about mindfulness and bringing into schools. But, you know, the number one biggest killer in the world is not this global pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. It is heart disease. Our hearts is the number one biggest killer. And they call it the silent killer 
because a lot of people don't even know that they're walking around with high blood pressure, right? Mm. So mindfulness lowers your blood pressure, right? So that yeah. in itself is a wonderful thing. It It's going to decrease your stress and that's going to affect, you know, the hormones that are released when you are stressed. Because here's the thing, like I said, every moment of the day, you're still going to be having these stressors and these experiences in our life, right? <laughs> it's never going to stop. But when we pause with mindfulness, we take a pause, something happens, you know, we get that email or we get that call, we get something happened that's frustrating, you know, exhale, <sighs> we take that pause and then we can determine if we want to respond or react, right? And, you know, that that's a- <laughs> So I'm not supposed to fire off the, the well, e- email? <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're supposed to write it and then read it and feel really empowered and then delete it. That's what you're surprised. <laughs> I have I have done that. Or the you write it all in draft and then walk away, you come back and then you edit yourself. Right. <laughs> right. That's pro tip. Pro right. tip for our that's a little pro tip. Right. That's that was another person who wrote that. And now you're yes. gonna come be, come behind that person. We all have a whole lot of different, you know, parts to our personality. Thank goodness. So. <laughs> well, it's thinking about uh you know a lot of this is as a as a remote worker n- now there's i can find a quiet corner and i can do this even even in my small home with all my coworkers that i now have is it possible to bring this into your life and i i'm thinking about the nurses i'm thinking about the the folks who are showing up to work every freaking day to save us that is there a way to bring mindfulness into into that life? Oh, definitely. I wish I could meet with every essential worker right this very moment because all of a sudden, everybody now appreciates them and realizes the work that they have always been doing, right? And yeah. they've always been doing it. So here's the thing. I want to talk directly if you're an essential worker because if you are worrying about someone, maybe you thought you you couldn't do a job the way you wish you could have or you wish you could have helped someone a little bit better than you you could have, I really want to ask you to consider what it would have been like if you had stayed home, okay? So that job would not have been done and that patient might not have gotten that one last hand squeeze that another human being really cared about them and gave them, right? So, you know, in that moment, I really want those, those essential workers to notice that they're doing a phenomenal job right now. The past is over. We cannot change it. We have no idea, you know, what's coming 10 minutes from now, let alone what's coming 10 years from now. This is the only moment that matters. They are doing a phenomenal job right now. And uh, please don't second guess or beat yourself up in any way whatsoever. Uh, There's a reason why on airplanes, they tell you to put the oxygen mask on your face first. It is critically important. Man, has it ever been so important that that these these angels, the better angels of us take care of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that they can, it, it like, cause can you, can you be mindful? Like in, in that moment? Like, I know I, I'm, I sure you're going to say yes, but when you're on the floor, you know, I, my dad's been in the hospital a lot. He's doing very well. Thank you. It's, you know, he's 80, but you know, when I see everyone coming in, going out, coming in, going out and like, 
can they be mindful? Really? They are laser focused mindful. And yeah. the thing is, and he, as a person who's been a nurse for a long time, I will tell you the sad behind the scenes secret. They are mindful for everyone else but themselves. Yeah. They are focused yep. and they're making sure that your dad's getting the medication yep. and that he's being moved in the bed so he doesn't get bed sores and that yep. he's getting his IVs are okay and don't need to be changed and the medication's on schedule. But are they eating? Are they drinking? Are they elevating their legs because they're standing a lot? Are they going to the bathroom? Right? Yeah. Uh, they are very much laser focused. When mindfulness is about paying attention to that present moment, they are all about that patient and they um, they do not put themselves first. Yeesh. So it's that that's that's where we have to get to for them, right? Mm-hmm. Like we like like mm-hmm. that's the that's the hardcore of, mm-hmm. of the Tootsie Roll Pop. It's mm-hmm. it's us remote workers. We we can figure it out eventually, you know, show us the skills and the like, and it's, you know, it's these yeah. essential, essential folks, man. Well, I'll tell you, and when I, when I say self-care is critically important for the essential workers and for all of us on the planet right now, right? Everyone, yeah. uh, they had a, um, a video that they showed recently of a small child crying because of all the things that they couldn't do anymore. And a lot of people found that adorable. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That was not adorable to me. That was not um, because I thought that child was representing a lot of us who are dealing with a lot of emotions right now about things we can't do. Right. Yeah. We'll be able to do it again. Right. You know, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been through um, this before, but you know, it's really important to take care of yourself so that when you have that moment in the shower, in the bath, right, even when you're washing your hands and we are doing that constantly, when you're washing your hands. They have done research on this, that if you use all your senses and bring mindfulness even to that, that one aspect, it will decrease your stress. Wow. Yeah. All right. And now even, even yet another reason to wash your hands as you wear your mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, how can people find you and, and learn more about Big Toe in the Water? Yeah, it's easy. Um, they can go to my website, bigtoeinthewater.com. And uh, yeah, all my information is right there. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. Our guest today was Harriet Stein, founder and president of Big Toe in the Water. You'll find links to everything we talked about in this episode description, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, share your story, offer some feedback. Tell us how well you're being mindful when you wash your hands. Uh, How are you making it work? We'd love to know. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM Network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.